So, welcome to the Never Strays Far experiments at the World Championships. Uh, we are live from, what, what's that? How do you pronounce the name of the place, guys? Wall- Wollong- Wollongong. 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 Okay, fair enough. We're live from Wollongong at the uh, World Road Race Championship and uh, with 36.2 kilometres to go. Pete Kenyuk's in the Isle of Man. David Miller is in a studio in Girona. I am uh, sitting in my pyjamas in a living room in south-east London. Uh, I've just had a cup of tea. It's uh, ridiculously early in the morning. Well, I think it is. It's five to seven in the morning. There's 36 kilometres to go. Um, Last time I looked, Alexei Lutsenko from Kazakhstan, was off the fronts in this uh, race, and um, there's about 25 riders, um, including, uh, what's his name, Remco Evenepoel, David's favourites, who's wearing a red helmet, curiously, today, and then behind them, around about 1 minute 30 seconds further back down, there's all the big favourites still in the peloton, including Julian Alaphilippe, Wout van Aert, and Tadej Pogacar, and... Uh, that's kind of roughly where we are in the race. Well, I've only just I've just been sitting here with Ned, a sea of cables you trying to get all this technically to work, and I hope it is. So I haven't Ned, really already forgotten to mention to, to it. To kind when of did you get up? I got up around twenty past five, so a little what? a little bit before you. Yeah, I was excited for the race, Ned. Really excited. I was also excited to hear if you were going to go into full commentary mode for this podcast or like podcast Ned mode. And you couldn't help yourself but don't really go. You went quite commentary five. That start, was quite yeah. commentary. I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I kept that kept me awake at night a little bit. I was a bit, I couldn't really decide how it was going to work, what tone I was going to set for this because so I, I got didn't get as, quite enough sleep because I wasn't sure either how I was going to and I'm still not sure whether this is a podcast or a commentary. <laughs> David, what should it be really? I'm not I sure. Th- I think it's uh, podentry. Yeah. Bit of both, just a mix, wait, of, a, a mix of both would be would be lovely, I think. Is that working, uh, yeah, yeah, back on the just attack, a few guys. Communication Big attack heard you a bit better there. Big attack yeah. from Evanapol just off the front there of this large group. So he's he's not messing around. Only 34.5 kilometers to go now. We know he can go oh, long as well. He's really he's really antsy, isn't he, Evanapol? He's taking Lutsenko with him. Um, they're going through the, the the finish line, and at the front of the group there, you've got. Italy and France trying to chase him back. There's two riders from the uh, from Switzerland as well, still in that group as well, trying to trying to work to bring well, him back. But yeah, Avina yeah. Pulse taking this he off. He knows he's got over the finish line yeah, now. 34.2k to go. He's got to yeah, capitalise on this, doesn't he? On this attack, it's like he'd made this two laps ago. I think he went, and he knows he can't afford for the peloton to come back up to him with um, a lot of the fresh riders in there. So it's it's now or never for him. Really, he's really got to force it. Can you guys hear me now? Yep. Loud and oh, clear. Yeah, we can, David. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Um, you What's your view on Remco then, the way he's racing? I think it's been, I mean, it's been ruthless. It's been from about 70, 80 Ks out. And, uh, you know, at one point he was going and actually had, he'd, they'd ripped off that group of about 30 riders and he dropped all his teammates in one of his first moves and found himself kind of with 20 riders, but no teammates and then they all got back on. But no, it's classic Remco. And I think we often say with courses like this, it's, it's very much um, a racer's course. Kind of reminds me of what was that? Was it Treviso or somewhere when... What's his name one? The, um, the Italian, the tall guy. Oh, God, what year was that? But it was a course like this where it wasn't particularly hard, but it was just such a racer's course, and it just rips to pieces. Yeah, and Alessandro Balan. Was Balan, it that's it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was, that was Veracy, David. Yeah, that was, uh, that was well, nuts. But I mean, this been is shut like down for now. So no, no, that's Belgium. That, that he's, he's blocking for Remco. Remco's still... Just off the front there. Oh, is yeah. he? There we go. 
I'm a, I'm a bit rusty. Thanks for correcting me there, Pete. Yeah, there's a, oh, you're right. That's Konten Hellmans, who's uh, Remco's teammate. Uh, he's just dangling off the front there with Lutsenko. They've got a lead of, what, four or five seconds? And Italy and France and Switzerland are working and together to try and bring it back. Yeah, on that Great group. Britain up the, up the front there as well, which is interesting. But I mean, this. Well, all the British riders are in the peloton, aren't they? Yeah. All of them. With the, I mean, two minute gap with Remco off the front like he is now, this is. I think it's close to being done, this race. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I can't see unless. I mean, you're right, Great Britain are there on the front. And I mean, there's team orders now. Let's not forget there's no radios here, so it's always going to be pretty chaotic, but they have to go shut it down completely. I mean, 30Ks, when you're 230Ks into the race, is not much difference you can make. Slightly confused by what France are doing at the moment because they've got three riders in the, uh, in the second group on the road at five seconds. Pavel Sivakov and Konstantin Pache and Roman Bardet. But then the rider who's working on the front of the peloton at the moment is Florian Seneschal. So maybe they just don't have any faith in the, the, Fran the selection of French riders that they've got in that. Yeah in that second group. Yeah, I think that's exactly really it, Ned. Yeah, and Remco just looks like he's playing with them. I mean, he's off the front with Lutsenko here, but he just keeps looking around and kind of almost waiting for who's coming up next. He looks so in control. Um, weird news overnight that we all woke up to, wasn't it? Mathieu van der Poel. Yeah, that's nuts. It's, uh, I, I mean, mean, there's obviously not much we can say about it except for the bare bones of what, happened? what actually happened? I don't know. They I mean, got I, I, arrested. I, what? Well, it, I mean, yeah, so I, I mean, I read the article, one of the articles. Uh, apparently there were some kids in the corridor at the hotel who kept banging yeah. on the door. Um, I mean, they're saying it's two teenage girls and I think he just lost his shit at some point and came storming out. And uh, uh, I don't know the details. Missing. One got pushed and there was some verbal abuse and then the police came and took him to the police station. And oh, wow. basically, he was charged, charged with verbal assault or some sort of sort, sort of assault, and then they released him. He got back to his hotel at 4 a.m. and um, and then obviously he was quite tired. Yeah, uh, but they don't mess about, that's, do they, in Australia? No, no. It's gutting because I was really looking forward to watching him race today. But yeah. No, it's a it real is. shame. Uh, I, yeah, without knowing it, exactly what happened, prob probably shouldn't comment too much on yeah. the case. But um, yeah. obviously, it's completely affected, completely affected his race, and he stepped off. But <laughs> reminded me slightly of a story that I was told once about Roger Hammond. Uh, <laughs> I think he was rooming with. I, can't remember, I think it was Dan Lloyd actually, <laughs> years ago when they were both with the Savello team, and uh, there was some, there were some people in the hotel that were annoying him. And he chased them out down the street in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in France. That sounds like Hammond. But yeah, a bad yeah. night's sleep, for sure, yeah. for uh, Mathieu van der Poel. So, just to go back to the race, Remco's off the front with a Letsi Litsenko. And the counter-attack has come. And it's Mauro Schmidt, who's an interesting rider. And Lorenzo Rotto, one of the Italians. Those two riders have broken free of that chase group now. And they're trying to get it. Guys, a there's not many um, circumstances we've seen over the last three years where Remco's been in this position. And he's not won. No, exactly. Yeah, true. I mean, he's just dragging it out. He's now taken another 17 seconds, 18 seconds out of the main group. And uh, he's, yep. although before he looked like he was just kind of holding back a little bit, see who come. Now he's realised that he is actually strong enough to probably hold this off with Lutsenko. Yeah, it's, and uh, the cl it's clear. Yeah, the climb isn't one where you can, you know, take minutes back, is it? By the time you start no. it, you're almost over it, so... 
Oh, and everyone in the group behind. Yeah, the chase looks the chase looks beaten, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it could be just about to kill the worlds. So much for an exciting race, but <laughs> <laughs> it's turning into a mountain stage now. <laughs> yeah, it, it could be one of them a little bit. So there's four riders now in the chase group, including Pascal Enkhorn, Lorenzo Rota. Um, is that Lepens? It might be, I think. And um, he's fast. I've and Maro Schmidt. So four riders have got together, but the rest of the chase group, with all those French riders, has just fallen apart, hasn't it? There's, that's it, really, for them. That, you feel like they're going to drop back to the, the peloton and maybe yeah. the French will try and get a concerted effort to try and bring this back. But it's 2.22 now, 2.23 and going out. I've just gone to adverts, just to let you know. So I'll be back with you Have shortly. You? <laughs> <laughs> what, what adverts are you seeing? The Never Stray Far podcast with no adverts. <laughs> uh, oh, guys, what do you think about our news that we're sponsoring a, a footballer? You, were you happy with that? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we should probably release that. You should let people know, Ned. I did. Oh, you did? Obviously, the message didn't get through to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel a bit like yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, like Wrexham. <laughs> Go down, meet the players, see the club. Be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Make so a Netflix yeah, documentary for Peckham Town. Josh, now. Josh Montella. You should come down and um, see your, you know, the player that you've invested in sometime. Pete. I will. Come down. I know you, you follow the football a little bit, don't you? Yeah. Well, all the family's really into it, so Laura and the kids love it. Yeah. So I have to. And the darts. Oh, and the oh and my the cousin, huge fan. Yeah, I didn't realise until last night. Absolutely loves it. And I was like, you never guess what. Um, so I did Pestia for a little voice note, didn't I? Yeah. Little, little tail for the hockey. Yeah, this, is, this race is done, isn't it? Look. Remco and yeah. Lutsenko now 17 seconds. 39 seconds to the rest of the chase group. Basically given up. It's the Dutch now riding on the front of the of the peloton I think that's the and Dutch just or is that GB now taking losing over team. that is the Dutch, Dutch they should do GB, GB have to ride at this point don't they mm. yeah no, Fred I mean, Wright just Jake it. Stewart Ethan Hayter they've got a lot of talent they've got a big team there GB but um, they seem to have missed the move when it mattered yeah it's been a and for 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 once sorry Pete right. for once the sun has come out in Australia it's been miserable the weather hasn't it for most yeah. of the world I'd just like to but comment on the circuit sparkling. actually it's a bit it's been a bit of for me, it's Odd. been a bit of a letdown in terms of a world's, you know, design course. It's it's a bit like the Gla when Glasgow held the European Championships. It's too many corners and it keeps the peloton in the long line. It's hard to get involved in the race if you're not in the top 10 because you're always just that elastic band effect. Um, so, yeah, but I mean... Well, we, we might have picked the worst possible world championship race to start this experiment, guys, because I don't know how much commentating we're going to be doing here. No, I don't think so. Uh, mind you, he's going to have to get rid of Lutsenko at some point, isn't he? But more than capable of doing that, I would imagine. It's mm. going to happen soon, Ned. Looking at Remco there, his cadence looks so good. He still looks, I mean, considering he's done, what, 240-ish kilometres now, maybe more. Yeah. His cadence, it's unbelievable. And oh, look now, Lutsenko's just... He's just a passenger, isn't he? Quite scary, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's had a phenomenal year, Remco. He really has, hasn't he? Yeah, this would be crazy. I mean, look at the chase group. They're in bits. That's the four riders who are chasing, and they just look like half the men. I wonder what Eddie Merck's going to have to say about this ride. <laughs> <laughs> going to be reasonably complimentary this time around, He's isn't it? He's going to have to be, isn't he? I would have said. 
It's one of the Italian riders just getting dropped from that chase group. That was uh, Samuele Battistella who's dropping away. So they're losing their numbers. That's there just falling go. apart now. The French, the French team have just been absolutely Evna nuked Paul's out of that group. Lusenko now gone. on the climb. And Evenepoel is gone. Yeah. On the climb now. Evenepoel just pushing away. Alexei Lutsenko unable to hold the wheel. And that, you sense, might be that. Over 25 kilometres uh, from the end. Remco Evenepoel has finally broken free of that group. He was wow. so animated in that group. There were 25 riders there. He kept trying to attack. Big crowds now out there. And uh, Remco has gone. And he's not going to be seen again, I don't think. He's just got to stay upright. This hold that all the way to the finish. He looks so massively in control as well. Ah, this is wild. Yeah. And he's dragged that away from that group. So he forced that group and then he's just attacked, attacked. Classic Remco. It's just awe-inspiring. He's doing what he did um, in the junior worlds only a couple of years ago in Austria. Well, four, four years ago, sorry. In the pro worlds. It's insane. Is this, the, is this the year that we've really discovered, or that he's discovered, just how good he is, Remco, I think, in all courses? I mean, the Vuelta, what a massive moment that was for him, and it kind of raises the question of where it goes from here, doesn't it? Do you, do you send him straight to the behind. Tour de France? That has to come next, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you forget about his crash he had as well in the Giro. Obviously set him back a few years, didn't it? But, well... The Lo uh, it was Lombardia. Lombardia, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're really seeing it now, aren't we? And don't forget the other the other major one-day races that he's picked up this year. He's won Liège-Bastogne-Liège. He just glided away from the race there, didn't he? As well as the Classica San Sebastian. He won that, didn't he? Before the Vuelta this year? Yeah. Pretty sure he yeah, did. Yeah, just rode away from everybody there as well. Yeah. And then kind of like routinely picked up another victory at the Tour of the Algarve earlier on in the year, which seemingly he seems to do every year as well. It's kind of incredible. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. It's, it's just in a oh, it's well. like it's in a different race though, isn't it? Like everyone else is just is completely empty, and he's just cruising over the top of the climb straight into the top position, so in control. It's just it's yeah, it's like a different rider right now compared to the rest of the peloton. Well, there we go. There we have it. Yeah. Well, what's everyone been up to then? Well, yeah, what I was just about to, to say that, Ned. How's your week been up to today? <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to commentate on here, is We can there? go back to podcast mode. Um, back to podcast. Yeah, Stop the podentry. Yeah. Yeah. Podentry. Is that what you were trying to tell us earlier? That when we couldn't hear you. Very good. I like that. Yeah. Pod <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it was yeah. worth a go. Just chose. We should just never do it on a Remco race. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Has fallen to pieces behind. Yeah. There's there Alaphilippe. That's the group. Oh, that's Seneschal just absolutely, yeah, dropping so fast out of the block. There's, uh, is that Tobias Foss? I think it was. Uh, the new time trial champion. What about some of the other results from the Worlds, David? Tobias Foss, that was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that was crazy. I'd never heard of him before. I don't think there was that, that meme going around of Remco kind of finding out as well and just... <laughs> The shock on his face, but yeah, I think it, I saw one of the reasons <laughs> Rowan Dennis didn't do it because because of the length, like the 30k's. And I do wonder. Question: Is Wout van Aert on the rampage behind now? So that's interesting. So Wout van Aert that is interesting. Belgian chasing Belgium and bringing out Alaphilippe's there. 
two of the Frenchies. Ooh, that's a big move. So that's that's the fourth group on the road. That's what remains of the peloton, and they're at two. Well, they were at two nineteen. They're now two eighteen, two seventeen, and Wav and is attacking them all. And by doing that, I mean it's such a huge gap, isn't it? So maybe this is just the ride for sil the silver medal. Belgium making it a one-two, but yeah, yeah, he's gone. I mean, he's, he either gets loses everybody here, or he just you know the problem is he goes and he can just sit on whoever wants to ride, but no one's going to catch Remco now. Yeah. Yeah, Remco played a blinder there, didn't he? Slipping into that group. Um, what, 70 kilometers to go? I think Wout Van Aert is probably a bit full of rage right now, thinking, damn it, that could be me. Because he's, he's, you know, he's got the form, hasn't he, to be where Remco is now. He just didn't play it. Play it out like Remco did. And he, but he got to have balls to do what he did, didn't, don't you, you know? To move in the world with 70 kilometers to go. Um, that's what yeah, he does, though, isn't it's it? His style. It's, I mean, it's beautiful to watch. If, uh, but I mean, I think what's happening now is as well. It is just, it's well, for not there's frustration there, but it's there's. I think it's purely a silver medal right behind. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There's no risk here to Remco's position on the road, is there? That's not gonna, like you say. He's not going to close that gap. Mm. It's absolutely mad to think that Van Aert has not yet won the World Championships, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy. It makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> I was just writing, I've been writing uh, the very, very long, I mean, it's 10,000 words plus editor's introduction that I write every year for the roadbook, which just, it, it sums up all the racing across the year and all the other things that have been going on in the background as well, like relegation and promotion and all the other issues and it kind of like reviews the year as well as sort of like ancillary stuff like you know the climate change how that's impacted on racing and bits and pieces like that but it's but going right back to the beginning of the year it's just incredible when you look at those results from february and you go wow van art who you know dipped in and out of the cyclocross season this year skipped the world championships but nonetheless raced quite a lot in the winter he waited to make his um road race debut at omelet head newsblad turned up and won it yeah you know and then it's just uh, and then the next couple of results i think he was top three top four for the next, you know, four racing days before he came to Paris-Nice and picked up another win and did all those amazing things. And it's just all year long he's been doing this but stuff. Ned, just incredible. for me, that's exactly why he hasn't won the world yet. Because yeah. he doesn't, he's no, he's no worse than he is at any of these other races where other guys are just, they raise their game and either come up to his level or just yeah. above it. And he just always misses out because he's just, he's, he's at an amazing plateau he's on. But he, you know, in terms of the riders who are just below him, they might, they're probably worse throughout the season who have these dips where they're not as good. But then they really, you know, come up for these one-day hitouts like Alaphilippe does for certain stages of the Tour de France or the World Championships we've seen in the past. You know, he's not like that all year, not even close to it. But he can just have these one-day hits where he is just, it's almost like a different rider, you know, but it's impossible to hold that for the whole season. I, I completely agree, Pete. I think what's interesting, though, because Remco is is pretty similar to that because he has been hitting out all year, but it's just the level at which Balfour operates at all the time and the winter. Yeah. I guess, you know, but, and the tour he did. It's remarkable he can do anything after that tour he did. So, yeah, it's a shame for him that he's got Remco Evenepoel in the peloton and on his same team. 
Yeah. Guys, do you think it's a little bit odd that we haven't seen Jonas Vingegaard race or do anything since the Tour de France? That's quite unusual, isn't it? For, I can't think of the last tour, tour winner who did nothing for the rest of the year. Super weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't, don't really understand it because it's not going against the kind of the modern trend of, of how people race. But I don't know, there's no Jumbo Visma. There's a, there's a reason for it. Uh, there must be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, to be fair, Ned, it was really well noticed. I didn't even realise. Um, He's not gone to the Worlds either. I mean, I think he may, I don't know, he may be confirmed for, or not sure he is though, for Lombardia which obviously is a race of monument that would definitely suits him, but he should be able to be really competitive. He should be able to win, especially against these riders who've gone to the Worlds. Um, but yes, very, it's just a real strange one. Yeah, unless there's a, a, an issue that we don't know about yeah. behind closed doors or another reason for not racing as opposed yeah. to, I don't know, maybe the longevity of his career or the, looking at the Tour de France next year. Um, but yeah, really, really bizarre. So, uh, on the road now, we've got Evenepoel at the front. We've got a chase group of Pascal Enkhorn, who's that, um, the, the Dutch rider you'll remember from the Tour of Britain last year. He passed that bead on across to that kid by the side of the road. Uh, Matthias uh, Jensen, so it's Schellmoser from uh, Norway. Uh, Lorenzo Rota and Mauro Schmidt, they're in the chase group. Then Roman Bardet is stuck all on his own in a little one-man group at 1 minute and 22 seconds. And then uh, back in the peloton, they're all there at 2.22. That's Alaphilippe, Van Aert and Tadej Pogacar. Who, we did see Pogacar um, maybe, what, 20, 30k further back down the road, having a little bit of an attack, but um, couldn't get clear. Not from that group, anyway. And Evenepoel has got a 1 minute and 7 second lead over absolutely everybody else. He just looks so compact. It's that incredible compact position on a bike. Really, really aerodynamic as well. Just looks like the absolute definition of power doesn't he yeah oh, no disrespect oh, speechless I mean the, the chase group behind him um, you know you don't often see that in the world championships where it's almost like the second or third tier riders within the peloton who are like right in the mix from you know putting themselves out there in the early parts of the race Yeah, he must know now that he's got this wrapped up. That's all wild. I mean, as I said before, he's just so accustomed to this. It's how he wins races. Just will do like the final 45 minutes on his own. It's just <laughs> rips the rule book up. It's quite interesting how he slipped into that move, actually. And that no one seemed that bothered about it when he did it. You know, it was like really under the radar. It was like almost like, oh, Re Remco's got a minute. Without anybody even realising Well, there's massive crowds now in Willagong. And he's coming over the finish line now with 17.2k to go. Untouchable Remco at this point. Takes the bell. This is the final uh, circuit here in the World Championships road race. And it is, it's going to be a lap of coronation for sure. Remco of Nepal has absolutely ripped this one up. What were your, Pete, what were your fondest memories of racing the World Championship road race? Do you have any? Oh, I've... Yeah, when people ask me what my favourite races of the season, probably the world is, uh, may maybe maybe that actually. I love that. Is it? Yeah, because I love it when you race when it goes back to your, your national teams and everyone's out of their trade teams. It's so much more open racing, um, and it 
I just love the whole vibe of it. I love it that it's on circuits most of the time, so you get a feel for the lap. The atmosphere um, is insane. And I just, I love the whole style of, of how it's raced compared to a lot of the World Tour racing, which is quite generic and formal. Like, there's a formality to it, unless you're Emco and you do what you want. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Third group on the road just coming over the line now. Lutsenko still seems to be stuck in between, actually, at 110. The... Uh, so the second chase grouper at 134 now. And actually, Remco just, the moto, TV moto just came up alongside Remco. And it, for the first time, he just kind of glanced across, didn't he? And I think he was just asking for a time gap. Because so there aren't any radios yeah, here. He is. Um, he's not yeah. entirely sure what's going on behind him. Yeah, it goes to show the kind yeah. of the chaos of it all. What's he the time? has no idea what's going on. Yeah. Dave? Is it chaotic? Because it's quite, it's quite hard to commentate on, isn't it? With everybody in different... You know, they just look different, different kits. Is it, does it feel like that in the peloton as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone is confused in these races. It just adds to, I guess it, that's what adds to it as well. It's the different kits, the no radios. It is just one of those races where, it, it, if you are someone, it's probably, as Pete was saying, regards Remco, it's probably a little while till people realise he was up there, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty clever move for him to do. But you can see behind now the peloton's just kind of given up. It's almost a bit like um, football, you know, when they go and represent the countries. They don't play as well together as the, the teams that they play for week in, week out. It's exactly the same with the World Championships. A lot of the riders aren't used to riding with each other. The teams, you can see it when they're even fighting for position into the climbs. Like, there's only a couple of teams who are really together and have depth. Um, and it's just because they're just thrown together last minute. Exactly, you know, when you see, for, for example, England and the players they have, and sometimes they just can't make it work, can they? It's very similar in cycling as well. And I suppose, I suppose, even if you kind of like have a coach, you're riding for a cogent team, you know, that kind of like has maybe one or two definite strategies. Um, that's that's one thing. But then you suddenly see riders from other teams and other nations, and you think, well, I, I I've no idea what Spain are about. Yeah. You know, well, what, what am, what am I what am I suddenly supposed to make of the Norwegians? Because there they are, but I don't even know who's racing for them and, or what their strategy might be. Whereas if you, presumably if you go into a big one-day race or a stage race, you do kind of know what the other, you know, trade teams are all about, don't you? You'll kind of, you'll have done a bit of a mental sort of, oh, well, they've got, I don't know, Viviani or they've got so-and-so, they'll be riding for him on any given day. There's a bit of structure to it, isn't there? But in this one, it's just like, I, sorry, what are they, <laughs> Cyprus, what are they going to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I guess that must uh, that must be part of it as well. Pretty much, David. All uh, your last race actually was Pomferrada, wasn't it? That we both did together. Yeah, it was. At the World yeah. Championship. So you, yeah, you had a good world there, didn't you? I remember you heading out for like five laps to go or something. I remember that. Yeah, standard. Yeah. standard me attacking with. <laughs> well, I was trying to do what Remco was doing, but obviously wasn't as good. Basically. Um, old Lutsenko here, still plugging away. Guys, I've got a world champion here if you want to speak to one. Freak it up. Yeah. I'll bring him on. Absolutely. Yeah. So David's just going to go floor manager guest. Bring him over. So David, just, just for context, he's in his um, beautiful Chapter 3 studios in the heart of Girona. And he's got some guests on the couch, as he normally does. And uh, one of whom, I believe, is a podcast listener. And it's Hello. Sam Gaze. 
Hello, Sam. Can you hear us? We've got a slightly dodgy connection. You just have you to go. bear with. But can you hear? No, no. Can you hear you loud and clear? Made it. Made it on the pod. Cool. We can just about hear you. David's microphone's a bit flaky. But um, I can see when you're speaking because your mouth is sort of opening and shutting. <laughs> um, many congratulations, Sam, on the... Well, well it's been a fant- just an unbelievable summer for you, hasn't it? It's just gone better than you could have possibly hoped, I guess, with the Commonwealth Games and the world title. Yeah, it's been... Uh, it's definitely a roller coaster. You know, like it was... It's quite strange. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been definitely the highest highs of my career but also you know it's been pretty challenging years for setbacks and so forth so definitely a mixed bag but to be able to finish it off with a high has definitely made the digestion or like the yeah sort of digesting or debriefing a lot easier you know because you came back from you've had um what was it surgery or you definitely had an injury setback didn't you earlier in the year yeah so actually I started the season with a lot of road races. Actually, where you and Dave commentated. Um, one of them was Antalya, and then <laughs> we tried to anyway. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, three weeks out from the first World Cup, I yeah after Kerner, I did that with the team, and my knee sort of gave way uh, the day after that, and I sort of yeah took a week off and thought that it'll be okay, you know, just a bit of rest. And a week later, nothing changed, and yeah, I needed a double knee surgery three weeks out from the first World Cup, and sort of came back from that and sort of I tried to rush back and sort of came back a bit too soon which set me back more and eventually sort of made the conclusion that we were just going to go all in for the Worlds and Com Games in this last portion of the season and yeah I was extremely lucky with yeah the prep going into it and I had a really good run of some months and so it definitely made yeah I got the form needed but then yeah obviously yeah cross country world title what happened happened and was another setback again, but you know, luckily I already had the form and the work done for that for the marathon worlds, and all I had to do was basically look after my body a little bit, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely been one of those years, but it's yeah, it's definitely one for the memory, but one for the one for the memories, that's for sure. Sam, um, I I, I was um. Talk about commentating. I was I was able to commentate your <laughs> my debut in commentating mountain bike racing. I know, um, I know. but your your great winner at the Commonwealth. <laughs> I hope it wasn't too uh, disrespectful no. to the sport. I did my best. <laughs> no, no, it was great, man. I was actually lying in bed uh, a couple of nights before the race, or the night before the race, listening to the pod, and you talking about all the little features on the mountain bike and stuff. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I was actually when I was going to the start line, I was actually looking at the commentary box and trying to like see if I could spot you, you know, but. <laughs> <laughs> that would have thrown me off completely if you'd done that, Sam. Anyway, there's a, there's a brilliant race, but I had, to, I had to say as well, like the, the way New Zealand, the team across the piece that you sent to, you know, track yourself um, and, and your team in the mountain biking, but also with Aaron Gates' win on the road race as well. It was unbelievable. I mean, Aaron Gates, w- what a talent he is. And nice. w- where do you think his his future's going to lie because he's had a little he's had a year or two hasn't he with the Aqua Blue team and yeah. I think he raced a Vuelta once or twice um, but but you know surely he's got a road career ahead of him as well oh, he's, you know Gady is incredible that guy's as strong as an ox and super nice guy and you know I don't know how much this changes in things from team wise um, it definitely you know I think there's results of 
something which he's definitely had in him for a long time. It's just nice to see it come to fruition for him. But yeah, I mean, it's just the whole New Zealand team is, you know, like it's funny because, yeah, it's just similar with the road of the mountain bike. Like you're so excluded from the national team and you do your own thing and you have your support network and your team and you come into the environment like this and you see the success and it's just really cool to be a part of, you know, and I wish I could say that it's sort of a lot more team orientated with these sort of things, but it's sort of, we're a bunch of individuals that come together and it's just, it's definitely, you can grab, you can, there's a lot of momentum that comes with like good results, like we watch the track and seeing how those guys are performing and you sort of, you know, you really take pride when you when it's your turn to wear the silver fern or the national kit coming into the race, but yeah, I mean, looking at what Katie did and some performances there, we're just like, wow, okay, nice. Yeah, Sam, we briefly caught up at, was it Nova Mesto? Yeah, mate. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, I was just intrigued by, is it, sh it's called, what's it called, short course, is it, or short track? Yeah, short track. So, uh, so watching it, I was like, for you, after fighting into corners in a 200-man peloton in, like, Kerner, <laughs> is it a breeze when you go to that sort of stuff? Or is yeah. it... <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because it's a lot, it's a lot different with the flat bars, you know. Like with drop bars on the road, you can actually bump and grind a bit easier and make space for yeah. you to. And with the mountain bike, when you're sprinting with flat bars, like I've seen it a few times in the past, guys will be sprinting and just connect bars and just lift someone else's bike off the ground, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because they're quite wide, aren't they, mountain bike bars these days compared yeah. to like back in the '90s where you had like really short bars and yeah. like the what are those bullhorn things when they were all the rage or was that the 80s but oh, now they're man. quite quite wide aren't they yeah for sure now those things are sweet mate the old bullhorns my old man my dad used to have them <laughs> when I was growing up and you know you can get the old arrow <laughs> going but no but oh, it's yeah. definitely it, it's a lot di it's a lot different like for instance even the, the marathon world you know like I'm really lucky and grateful that I actually have managed to do quite a bit of road now because you really there's a lot of panache and like sort of skill to riding these races like conservatively and being there when you need because the first races I did on the road like oh, I'd have been shooting off bullets moving left right and back and forth you know yeah yeah coming to the short track and sort of also the marathon worlds it was sort of when you know how to sort of read a race a bit more and know when and when not to move like it definitely helps a lot you know but there's some mountain bikers like Lucas Schwarzbach the guy actually won that race where you were mate he was head and shoulders strong just took off you know and yeah, yeah. I feel like it's either you, you win from being just outright strong like the guy watching on TV right now or you sort of yeah you can sort of win these races really by conservative and picking your moments are you going to do more mountain bike yeah just sorry uh, good question it depends what happens next year it's looking more likely that I'll be uh, more of a road program next year with Trinity Racing um, and a bit more responsibilities on that side of it but really really enjoyed it and it was really eye-opening actually to the sport itself and well how good it is because <laughs> <laughs> I've never never experienced you know mountain biking on that scale um, throughout my whole career I loved it when I was younger did a few national mm -hmm. rounds in Great Britain etc but it's uh, it's epic isn't it it's, it's really it's, re it's a yeah. really cool but like I was just really impressed with just the whole the whole vibe of, of the event and just the atmosphere on the course it was um it's really it's a really cool sport and great as a spectator when you're there it's like got like a festival feel to it hasn't it for sure mate i mean it's interesting because it's interesting to hear your opinion on it because obviously there's this a lot more business like frame to the road and sort of it's a lot more 
in the past has been deemed a lot more professionally run and stuff like this, but the mountain bike, like, yeah, it's interesting how it's molded, you know, in these last couple of seasons in particular, like, it's become such a professional sport, and for sure the environment's a lot different, but yeah. it's just, yeah, it's interesting seeing what your opinion is on it. Sam, he's a pizza big fan. He's been raving about it. He loved it. He, when, he, <laughs> when you first got, when you went off to the mountain, your first mountain bike races, Pete, you're sending us all these little photos of, you know, behind the scenes and yeah. here I am and sort of like waiting, w waiting in the little, what do you call it? You don't call them pit lanes, do you? But the, tech where, zones the mechanical bit. Yeah, the tech yeah zones, I was getting down with all the lingo, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're pretty you're loving it. It's great. Yeah. I, I literally said to um, Fran Miller, David's sister, I said, what have I been because there was that red bull zone where all the music's going off and everyone's going crazy where all the drops are and stuff <laughs> and I was like why, why why did I waste my whole career on the road <laughs> should have been here yeah, for sure. <laughs> but with time, that I, mean, I did try and um, I did try and ride um, the course in Nova Meso just like not even the technical part and I was like, wow, it's incredible how easy you make it look over like the root sections yeah. and stuff. It's just like, you can't get a feel for it, even watching it when you're there, never mind on TV, because you ride over these sections like you're on tarmac, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just it's crazy to watch it up, up close and personal, for, especially for the first time. If, no, if Like me, and like you to some extent, Pete, if you've not seen it before, you know, and you get an opportunity next 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 year to go and witness a race. You really should because it's um it's a whole different world. It's brilliant. Yeah, Sam, I mean, talking about talking about New Zealand stars of which you're one. I've I've always had a soft spot for Paddy Bevin. I've only met him <laughs> once, and that was I, I, I've only met him once, and that was when uh, I I kind of intruded on a private beer that he was having. Him, him and Dan Martin were coming away from the Giro a couple of years ago, and I. I went and sat next to them <laughs> in the airport and made my presence felt when we were flying when we were all flying away from the Giro together. But um, he's had a hell of a year, Paddy Bevan. Yeah. He's had his best year. Yeah, I mean he's definitely. Oh, this guy's another one who's as strong as an ox. You know, like I remember I've been following him since I've been super young in New Zealand and at the early days of his career when he was at Thistle Pro and in the states doing a lot of Criterium stuff and. He's sort of, he yep. took a bit of a break from racing and he came back and he sort of changed his, yeah, his sort of aims over sport, per se. Like, he was never really a climber or a TT specialist, you know, and seeing what he's sort of moulded himself into, especially this year, like, oh, I mean, he's one of the only guys, I think, in Stannard, your old teammate, Pete, he was one of the only guys ever to clock the ramp test, for instance, and Paddy is another one of these guys, and it's just, yeah... It's cool to see him get some uh, results like he did at Turkey. And yeah, I mean, it's actually a shame he's not at the Worlds here because, I mean, it's, yeah, we have one yeah. we have one rider from New Zealand, which is really quite ludicrous compared to how close it is from home. But it would have been nice to see a few of these guys really having a go at this course, you know? Yeah, what, what is that? Why have you only got one rider? That doesn't make any sense, does it? I think it's just, it's a weird one because it's sort of, for sure, it's a Worlds that's close. New Zealand, you know, but at the same time, like a lot of the guys that would do the race actually over in Europe, and I think a lot of them are coming off the wild tour in big seasons. And I think also we're not really fortunate in the way that the, the riders have to pay for their own travel and logistics for the race. I mean, we're not the only right. we're not the only right. we're not the only country to have this. And I really I do believe that. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're a professional bike rider, no, I mean maybe it's been popular. But if you're a professional bike rider, you still have the means to travel to a race. You know, like I understand that if it's a uh, 
you know, a country that doesn't have the resources or riders to be able to do this, but I was still hoping to see maybe some Kiwis just, you know, bite the bullet and pay to be there because it's, yeah, to be at a Worlds is always pretty special. I find I've often done a Road Worlds, but just to be at any Worlds is pretty special, you know. Cool. Uh, it's really nice to meet you, Sam, and to talk to you. Um, it, we've only got five kilometres to go in this road race, so you better call it home. Would you mind going and kicking David Miller up the backside and getting there him back no, into cheers, the podcast? And, uh, we'll cheers, mate. Thanks, cheers, Sam. Take Thank care. You. Good luck. Right, 4.6 kilometres to go, Pete, and Remco's still off, off the front. Absolutely impregnable. Um, so he's going to win this race. 133 is lead. The, 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 the intrigue now is behind, isn't it, for the battle for silver medal and bronze? Because old Alexei Lutsenko, who's been turning himself inside out just to hold his position on the road in the race, bit by bit he's being caught. He's been reeled in. They're almost on him. Pascal Enkorn has been dropped from that four rider. Um, group, the third group on the road, but we've got Lorenzo Rotter, Maro Schmidt, he's a huge talent, he's got a fast finish, the Swiss rider, and um, Shelmose Jensen from Norway. Those three riders now, Lutsenko's look round, and uh, those three have caught him, so four riders now in the battle for the silver medal, David? Yeah, I mean, it's, I tell you what's really interesting about that group as well, it's not kind of a big hit, so all due respect to those riders, second, like the second group on the road now, now they caught Lutsenko. It goes to show just what Remco Evenepoel did. He caught everybody out so far out that none of the big names went with him. And I guess they just all thought it was an exercise in futility. And, abs and to, think they're yep. still, to think they're still underestimating him is crazy. You know, you just can't let him go. Even like 70Ks out in a big group on what people thought was a relatively easy course. And still on an easy course, kind of by world standards these days, he's causing the most damage we've perhaps seen in a generation. It's weird, isn't it? With I think there's a certain double standard with the way that Remco Evenepoel is perceived in the cycling world because when he does these things, quite often he's criticised for being, for being tactically naive and brainless and you don't understand racing, you came from football, you've got all these amazing physical characteristics and capabilities, but tactically you're naive. But yet when, when Mathieu uh, van der Poel, who's born and bred in the racing world with his family heritage and everything, when he does similar moves... Everyone goes, isn't that great? It's just, there's a load of panache. You know, it may, not, may work, it may not work, but more often than not, it does work. And um, I think he's, he's held and judged by a different standard. Yeah, he really is. I mean, I think it's, uh, I, I mean, it's always easy to be a genius when you're as strong as Remco is. You know, I mean, it's, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, Pete was referencing the World Championships he won, what, four years ago? Pete, where, where he just found himself a minute off the back and with a mechanical, and it just ended up riding through everybody and then finishing a minute ahead of everybody but you know that's and it, that's what's interesting because I guess sometimes also you can be as strong as he is and be too cautious you know be too scared of failure but he never seems to be he's kind of willing to just go out there and put it all on the line and also this is how he wins and this is what he needs to do to win in, in, in some ways you know he's different to the other the big hitters because in terms of, of, of the waiting game and being patient because if he finds himself in the race with Alaphilippe or any of the Matthew van der Poel or any of these big guys, he is going to get beat in a sprint. So he, it, in one way, he has to ride like this in order to win. Mm. Yeah, now it's Wout van Aert who's covering the, the, what, the desperate counter moves from what's left of the peloton who are two and a half minutes behind. Um, so it's yeah. a and they're, they're a minute just to, for reference yeah. they're a minute behind the, 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 the race for the silver medal yeah so here it comes in final 2k so yeah 
Ranko Evenepoel is going to be the next world champion in bright sunshine here in Wollongong. It looks an absolutely beautiful day. And of course, it's weird, isn't it? Well, the first time I tuned in and watched it yesterday, I watched the denouement of the women's race that was absolutely bonkers yeah. with that Wasn't it? incredible attack from Annemiek van Vluten. It was so mad that because you knew it was van Vluten's only chance of winning from that group. But, and they all knew that in that chase group, but they could do nothing about it when she came past. The gap she opened up was irretrievable instantly. It's just so strong. And to do that with a fractured elbow as well, just incredible. But anyway, when I, when I tuned in to see the course for the first time yesterday, I thought it looked like Zwift. I th it looks like a CGI course, doesn't yeah. it? It does look like Zwift. You're so true. Yeah, Pete was saying before, it felt like he was just watching the longest crit in the world. And it's, uh, that's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> and it, like, all the roads look very similar, so it's really hard to pinpoint where they are, unless you're obviously going for the start and finish where you are on the course yeah. or on the climb but they're the only two points really other than that it's like yeah it all looks it all looks the same a bit like Swift maybe yeah and he's just passed under the Flam Rouge Remco so this is it he's got a 1 minute 40 lead he could uh, he could just stop pedalling now and walk over the line if you fancy doing that it's going to be an absolutely crushing display and he bangs his handlebars now in a triumphant celebration this is after his win at the Vuelta, a crowning glory for Remco Evenepoel. He's lived for so long with this uh, extraordinary pressure of being the super talent at such a young age. He's had his criticism coming his way this time last year, in particular from the Belgian sporting public and from no lesser figure than Eddie Merckx. Uh, but Remco Evenepoel absolutely silences all his critics now. Coming from winning in Spain, colossal crowds now gathered uh, behind the barriers, banging the boards. He shakes his head. He puts his hand over his mouth in disbelief. Shakes his hand out. He's done it. Remco Evenepoel is the world champion here. And at 22 years of age, you can almost guarantee that is not going to be the last time he wins this title. The Rainbow Bands will be Remco Evenepoel's. Uh, what distinctive jerseys will he pull on next year? That was, quite simply, crushing. Ah, it's... Crushing's the word. I mean, I think it's, we've never seen anything like him. Uh, we said that about Taddy Pogaccio, we said about, sort of said it with Egan Bernal, but uh, Remco Evenepoel really is doing something that, uh, I mean, as you said before, Wout van Aert, Matthew van der Poel, they haven't been able to do this yet. And they, he just comes in at his first proper go after last year. I think we all know, as you said, he got a little bit reprimanded for that, but got carried away perhaps in the home roads. And he did do a little sign as he crossed the line there of basically telling people to be quiet and uh, so perhaps that there was some anger there yeah. regards that well Belgium have got themselves a world champion I guess the red specialised helmet first time since sorry with a nod to the Vuelta win just came to me then <laughs> yeah. yeah all dressed in red is that the first is that the first Belgian world championship since Philippe Gilbert yeah it is yeah, yeah. yeah. wow it's been a long wait hasn't it for Belgium now here's the battle for second place. They're rolling in now. They've got about a minute in the bank over the Wat Van Aert chase group. Lutsenko having rejoined uh, this group of, well, four riders now. Well, he's a rider who I've seen from him there's an attack that he's from capable behind, of uh, going again. But here they come. There is an attack from behind. I think it's one of the Dutch riders. It must be Pascal Enkhorn who's recovered. He was dropped from that group. So it looks like Enkhorn trying to go long. Lutsenko just sitting on the wheel now of uh, Shell, Moser, Jensen, Rotter, and Schmidt brings that attack back. 
But look at this. They're going to be over two minutes behind Remco by the time they cross the line. Yeah. That's it. They're Look coming up to like one more, minute. More riders oh, coming yeah. up to this group, Yeah. More and more riders coming back to this group. How far to go? There's an attack from a Slovenian rider. That must be Jan Tratnik. Unless my eyes mistake me. Going long. Senko that it was. But Jan Tratnik is going to close. And uh, Jan Tratnik, by the looks of it, is going to take the silver medal for Slovenia. No, he's not. Not the gold they would have hoped for for Tadej Pogacar. Has he gone too long? Michael oh, Matthews. that finish oh. line? Matthew's third, I think. Friendship. Is that DeMar? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Great commentary over the line from all of us there. <laughs> yeah, nailed that. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. Well, that was all a bit chaotic in the end, and that chase group got that completely wrong. Oh, Laporte? Yeah. Laporte was second, Matthew's third. Oh, it's Laporte, yeah. Christophe Laporte. Michael Matthews and Jan Tratnik was just uh, beaten out of the medals on the line. And going back to Wout van Aertnet, um, the what is it Montreal when Pogaccio led him out and then won the sprint. That just goes to show yeah. about that in terms of his form and how long he's holding it for, you know, and why it's impossible to just you know get these huge results all year round. But what a day for um, Evenepoel! There we have it. Cool. Right, well, I'm going to have some toast and get some breakfast and all that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, nice. Oh, well. All right. What, what are you going to do for the rest of the day, Pete? You'll probably go back to bed now. You've uh, been up since five o'clock in the morning. Well, the kids uh, will be up in the kitchen. Lauren will be trying to keep them quiet. Uh, and we're just going to have a chilled <laughs> Sunday, go around to my mum's for a roast dinner later. And yeah, nothing exciting, really. Happy day. Get out of this dressing yeah, gown. Me too. All right. Right. Yeah, I'll get out my pyjamas, have a shower, have some toast. All right, guys. Say goodbye to Sam from us. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Cheers. All right, see ya. Bye. 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 See ya. All right, bye.